Welcome to the ECG podcast for the week of July 12th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman from Jacksonville, Florida. Tonight, I'm joined by Adam Gumbert from Lexington, Kentucky. What's up? Got George Arevalo in the house from Miami, Florida. What up, what up? And Robbie Bobby Miller hailing all the way from Baltimore. What's up, Bobby? What is happening? On uh, tonight's episode, uh, George and I are going to do a uh, dive into Guardian Con 2019, talk about our experiences there, including hands-on with Control and Borderlands 3, talk a little bit about the convention itself, really great charity event uh, with the gaming community at the center. We'll talk a little bit about what we've been playing, and we'll give our brief impressions on the Switch Lite just announced uh, this week. Let's kick it off with Guardian Con 2019. Uh, so this was my very first gaming convention ever. Any kind of convention, really. Never been to a Comic Con, never been to a gaming con. So it was really, really uh, was cool in that regard to kind of see... Um, you know how uh, how one of these things goes. This th- it grew from a meetup in a bar uh, to a huge charity event that raised just over four million dollars for St. Jude's, uh, the organization that uh, and hospital that helps uh, children with cancer. So good cause. How did you like it, George? Uh, did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I had also. I mean, I've been to like, uh, like a supercon thing, but that's more, less video games, more like comic book stuff. Um, once, but it was very small. Uh, I thought pretty cool event. I had I enjoyed myself. Had a lot of fun overall. Definitely have some some criticisms for sure, but but overall was it? Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. There was really only one particular thing that I think we all had uh, pretty much unanimous uh, beef with. Uh, I think legitimately so. Certainly, we're not the only ones from chatting with people, uh, you know, during and after the uh, the convention on social media. Um, to kind of give you an idea of the convention itself. So as you would expect, there were uh, different stages with panels happening throughout the day. They had a large uh, PC free play area, which was, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred rigs with uh, Steam libraries full of pretty much any game you could imagine. Really nice gaming rigs all the way down this huge room. On the show floor itself, of course, lots of merch. And then they had um, Remedy set up uh, showing off control. They had uh, Borderlands 3 a big gearbox uh, uh, presence and uh, a couple of other smaller stations for sea of thieves and apex legends. And uh, of course they had some uh, smaller games as well. Some indie developers there. I was kind of disappointed with the indie presence. If I'll be honest, Uh, the caliber of games weren't really there. Uh, They had a virtual reality uh, battlegrounds that we checked out. And uh, I think a couple other little smaller things that uh, you checked out a fighting game, right? George, you played some fighting game there. That was pretty generic. Yeah, if you can call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get into it in a bit here, but yeah. So uh, we'll start with the big boys, and then we'll talk about maybe some of our other, uh, you know, smaller um, experiences. Um, let's start with uh, Control, um, a game that I really had no feelings one way or the other on prior to the convention. Uh, but we had a nice, uh, I would say, like I don't know, what, fifteen, twenty minute demo? Would you say, George, about thereabouts? Yeah, um, yeah, roughly. Play it. Yeah, roughly 15 minutes, enough to, to get a taste. Uh, um, yeah, I would say about 15 So, so I, the game doesn't really orient you as to where you are. I, I couldn't tell you how far into the story exactly, but this felt like an early uh, area from you know what I could kind of glean in terms of what powers you had, what weapons you had. 
um, your character seemed to kind of be figuring out what was going on. Um, you get a little uh, interaction with a character uh, janitor who kind of instructs you to power up um, the specific part of the, the building. And in doing so, uh, you kind of set out and have some combat encounters along the way with some enemies. Uh, the combat is by far, I think, the, the strongest thing that I experienced in the, in the demo. Uh, it was, it, you know, had a kind of a good mixture of um, force-like powers where you could rip huge chunks of concrete just right off the wall or pick up, in, you know, different uh, elements in the environment and, you know, fling them at uh, combatants uh, all the while shooting. I got to kind of love the uh, one-two punch of, of really taking down a huge chunk of health with a concrete block or something. Um, and uh, finishing people off with uh, my uh, my weapons. Uh, looks like the weapons have kind of a dead space alternate fire feel to them, where they they will metamorphosize uh, as you hit the alternate fire mode. And uh, there seem to be quite a number of of upgrades, both for powers and weapons. Although they really restricted what you could see uh, for the purposes of the demo. Uh, moving around felt pretty good, pretty smooth. There was a, a light kind of platforming section where um, it looks like you get probably an early ability where you can dash through the air um, and you're you're kind of in this weird, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, or like a dream world type thing where it was very matrixy, where shit was just kind of floating and, and very weird. Um, and that all felt good, felt intriguing. Um, there were a couple little hitches in my demo where like there was like an explosion at one point, things really kind of chugged. Um, so it did feel a little bit alpha um, in that regard, but that was pr only happened to me once or twice. And for the most part, I wouldn't say my experience was marred with any kind of like significant glitches or anything. Uh, how did you feel about the, the demo, George? What, what did you like or dislike about it? I, I enjoyed the demo. So I knew nothing about this game. I had never heard of it i had i had no idea so i had no expectations whatsoever and and i think i got the gist of it like it seems like well you're in some giant building or compound that has gone to shit in, in certain areas and and i don't know if like she seems like she's some sort of super cop or detective type thing that she's kind of tasked with uh being involved with kind of securing the, this whole building and whatnot um you know i ran into some human enemies and also some not human enemies um not sure if you got to fight those things they were like these i don't even know what you would call them like look like these snake things or whatever that were moving around after blowing up um, a wall to get into a certain area um but yeah the the combat is what really sold, sold me it was very very fluid it was a little bit like force unleashed a little bit like infamous or like the better parts of the prototype if you ever played that game i think back in 360 um just do several things um and instead of you know, getting different weapons, like, you know, your weapon changes uh, to fit, you know, certain needs, whether it's close range, long range, things like that. Um, I thought it was very fluid. I didn't experience any kind of bugs or issues like that. They did tell us the game isn't done. It's not the finished product yet, though it's coming out in a couple months. So um, all in all, I was impressed with it. Um, a little, obviously, 15 minutes or 10 minutes wasn't enough to get into what the story is really about. I got a little bit of the gist of it. Um, I would assume that the story is going to be a little bit deeper than uh, than the generic feel that it had because um, we didn't have enough time to get into it. Um, and I don't even know if that's how the game starts. Um, but it definitely seems pretty cool. Um, I think that I would honestly consider getting it. I know that uh, I, I the, a couple of my friends from the PlayStation Trophy Room podcast 
uh, they were there and they were really looking forward to playing it. Uh, but I, I believe that they told me that it it wasn't what they expected. Like it was a little uh, like stiff to play. I want to say I think that's the use that uh, the word that he used. Uh, but he he said he he could. That was like one that and Man and Madonna are like the two games he was looking forward to. Uh, but he said control just wasn't what he expected, and he hope he's he hopes that they fix a lot of the things that he didn't like. I, I can't honestly recall remember what he exactly did not like. Uh, but I know he still wanted to get it. Uh, but there were some things that mechanics and whatnot he felt were stiff. Uh, but but that is all I remember. Huh? Yeah, that's a, well. I had like the opposite reaction where I was like, I went from being kind of ambivalent to this game to like, I'm definitely gonna buy this like day one. It seems like my kind of jam where it'll be a nice like relatively tight. From I, I can't imagine you know I could be completely off base, but I can't imagine the campaign to be any longer than probably like twelve to fifteen hours. Seems like that's the kind of game you know what i mean if it, if remedies uh passwords any kind of indication um and like I, I love that kind of shit you know where it's a good single player experience there's upgrades uh a nice little power curve you know where you, you, you as you progress your weapons get better your powers and abilities get better um it reminded me in a lot of ways of um it's like a little bit of a mixture of like max, you know, pain with some supernatural elements with some kind of force, like I said, powers thrown in there. Like it definitely had a mystery element to it. So that's kind of cool. Like you're probably going to figure out what's going on as you play it. But yeah, man, like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it was incredibly smooth. Like, you know, in the 15, 20 minutes that I, you know, got to play, um, like I felt like I already had kind of the muscle memory developed, you know, for like the flow of combat stuff, which is a pretty good compliment to play a game, you know, like that. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties there. Um, not sure <laughs> oh, what, what came good. through or not. Um, but I'm with Chris on that one. Like, I, I didn't think I had any issues with it feeling stiff at all. I actually felt like it was very fluid um, transitioning from using some of those force abilities uh, to being able to, you know, use the different types of weapons, depending on the scenario that you're in. Um, I, I I had never heard anything about that game, and I thought it came off really really cool. And and honestly, I'm really considering picking it up. It is hard for me to shell out sixty bucks for a game that's going to be ten twelve hours or something like that. But but it it I thought it was pretty awesome. I think another good compliment I can pay is that like at no point did I feel like the game pushed back. Like when I was using the powers, even as a newbie, I felt like I was accomplishing what I wanted to do every time. Like if I aimed my hand at the wall, like I would rip off a huge chunk of concrete from the wall and get it and immediately have something to sling to an enemy. Like at no point was I getting frustrated knowing what I wanted to do and not being able to do it. Like so many games I feel like don't nail, like making it feel good to to use the feature of the game, the intended feature. And like this one, I don't know, I thought it would work pretty flawlessly. So yeah, more to, more to come on that. Um, let's chat about uh, Borderlands 3 a bit. So we um, not only got hands-on with the game, and we'll get there in a second, uh, but we saw a pretty cool panel, I thought, about some of the integration that they're using with uh, streamers and viewers uh, and yeah. how you can earn loot um, or give loot, you know, if you're a streamer or an audience member for certain types of chests in the game. Um, really, really cool feature, I think. Um, there, there's also different features where, like, the chat um, members can send weapons to the streamer. So, like, uh, Gothalian, for example, was saying, I am going to love doing a run where I just say, hey, stream, send me whatever garbage you want, and I'll, I'll use this for the entire stream kind of thing. Like, just that interactivity 
um, you know, built into the game is a, is a really cool feature in my opinion. You know what I mean? That they're really embracing sort of where the, um, you know, the, the gaming world is now with all the different streaming platforms and just how big that, that stuff is. Um, with they can that, also control the enemy too, right? I think that they had brought that up as well, that the chat would be able to do something to kind of control, like, uh, say, a badass or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget what the specific context of that was, but yes, uh, it will. You, the streamer will be able to randomly select a... Um, a member of the uh, the chat to kind of warp into the body of like a big enemy in the game and to try to kill the the streamer and um, I can't recall if they said that you would be incentivized like if you get any kind of rewards if you manage to take them down or vice versa but again just another cool way to supplement that experience of being a viewer in the Twitch chat and or being a streamer you know producing content for um, for the internet I'm sure there's going to be a ton of hilarious videos um, you know that come out of that uh, for sure maybe even you know different practices when it comes to streaming borderlands 3 uh and i kind of like honestly i don't know how what kind of sense you guys got um watching the uh the trailers or you know any of the, the preview coverage of the game but uh, this game you know as far as story goes seems to be largely about um the uh social the age of social media and you know streaming and um you know really kind of a f like fun gearbox like uh parody or satire on you know the sort of lust for attention that uh, people have uh, in the day and age of social media and streaming i mean the villains are two like you know big streamers that have this cult you know that's that's kind of their whole deal um did you pick up on some of that stuff in the the demo george i guess we can jump right into that but like did you kind of get that sense of somebody who's never played a borderlands game was that was that kind of common social commentary coming through for you no but i'm also notoriously bad at listening to anything cutscene or story related <laughs> i just shoot things yeah so, fair play. um so um the, i'm not a, i'm admittedly not a good barometer for whether that came across or not like i mean for me I, I was most impressed as someone who's still playing Borderlands 1 and not really, I'm not that into it, you know, because it, it's obviously it's a raw version of what's to come. But I, I thought the way that Borderlands 3 and those developers handled their particular Guardian Con was by far the best. Um, they delivered a really cool experience on the demo where it felt complete. It's not like here, play what you can, get as far as you can in 10 minutes, and that's it. Like, you got to get a little taste of everything. You basically got to complete a dungeon and all the way through and getting a fight. Um, like, they did that the right way. Like, you got to get a good taste out of the game. You got to pick to play, you know, any different character that you wanted. I think there was three of the four characters, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, they um, had they had the operative, who um, I forget his name. I'm sorry. Should I have my notes up? Um, Zane or is, is it something with a Z, I want to say? The guy, he can use two uh abilities at once if you sacrifice uh the use of a grenade so you can uh, put a clone of yourself out and then also you know teleport and switch places with that clone and then the other ability was uh i forget what was his other uh, got a drone and a shield i believe He's got a, a, yes a drone yep. shield, yeah. Yeah, yep. to bring up a shield almost like the the guy from apex or whatever while he's shooting um, and then he's also, yeah, the drone, which was pretty badass. They had the, uh, the mech chick who felt, uh, that's who I played. She felt very much like D.Va. Um, you can customize, uh, basically there's three different weapons to choose from and you can pick two at once. So there's a grenade launcher, 
which is exactly what you think it is. There's a minigun and then there's a railgun. So the railgun is like a concentrated laser beam. Um, and you can basically uh, zoom around. Somebody can actually hop on you. Uh, yeah. The demo did not allow us to go co-op. Uh, unfortunately, like you have to play single player for the demo. So I was kind of hoping to test that out, like have George or, or my brother Kyle um, or you know our friend Geo like rodeo my ass like while we were in, in combat. But unfortunately, it wasn't an option uh, to do that. So um, the other operative I think that they had was they didn't have the Beastmaster, right? The um, I'm trying to think who was the, the third. Me. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know who, who the other split, but I believe uh, or yeah. the operative, right? Um, so I don't remember what the third one was. Yeah, that's all right. But uh, so the the demo itself, like George said, uh, was a complete dungeon. Basically, you start at the entrance to uh, a building. Uh, you go through an area, and it leads to a boss fight. It's the same boss that they showed off, I think, on some of the reveal footage. The uh, guy that's in like the big room with the speakers, and you're kind of having to dodge around. Um, there's midgets spawning like crazy, and then of course, in the lead up to that, they allow you to to do some looting. Um, to, uh, plenty of combat to test out the different guns and abilities. I love the slide. Um, the melee feels really good. Um, and of course, you know, as you would expect in a Borderlands games from the weapons Amara. I did try out, they were, uh, yes, the uh, siren with the fist. Yeah, with the, that she's got the arms and stuff coming yep. out. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I'm not sure if anybody in our group uh, tried her out, but um, but the combat, as you would expect, felt good. The weapons varied, uh, the grenades crazy, and of course the humor was uh, was wild. Like when I said they had a lot of social commentary, definitely came across in that one level. You know, there's uh, this guy streaming, the boss is like streaming, and then you come in and start, you know, kicking his shit in, and um, yeah, they, they cut the stream and like, oh, we're having technical difficulties, and of course they're pissed at you because you've now come in and, and stolen the show and, and uh, you know, taken the attention away so um yeah that was fun i thought the combat like for the boss fight um was uh was you know challenging but not frustrating solo um for my character w what did you make of that uh, george did you have a, a hard time easy time yeah i thought it was fairly simple um you know it, it wasn't anything too too complex i thought it was uh, i thought it was fair yeah like I, I felt like you couldn't play stupid you couldn't be reckless uh but with you know just decent you know uh strategic mindset you know you could get it done easy i will say the uh the game looked beautiful it was very like it's very noticeable that uh this is a next gen uh game or current gen game i guess you'd say really um it's uh it's reassuring that there's uh it's borderlands like it, it immediately feels like borderlands but um there's all these quality of life Im improvements like vaulting uh sliding the ping system that you've seen in a bunch of games since Apex is there. So you can point yeah. out everything from uh, weapons to um, points of interest on the map. Uh, you know, just it seems like that'll be a, a great thing for people that either don't want to mic up or just to not get frustrated trying to look for something that somebody's showing you at. So um, again, I'll open it up to questions, uh, Adam or uh, Bobby. If, um, what would you guys like to know? I, I feel like I probably have a better sense of Borderlands since we watched a couple panels too. Uh, I mean, for me, I don't, I've been keeping up with everything that's been coming out because I'm super excited for it. And uh, I don't know, man, I'm really just ready for it to come out. I don't really have questions. I've been keeping a real close eye on it. Um, I guess I'll say, I mean, you've played all Does it? I mean, I'm assuming it plays well. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, I, I was I already, 
<laughs> yeah, I was I was already excited. Um, and like, you know, even more so like this, I mean, you know, this it would have taken a lot to, to shake up my excitement, but I'm just like, yeah, man, give me this shit. Like it just, you know, it's like the opposite experience, right? That I had of Anthem when it was a couple months out, where like I was just like, uh, I don't have a good feeling about this, and I was excited. Like, this is like yep this is even better than i thought it was going to be in terms of you know how it feels and all the little things they had the uh uh social um multi i don't know um, that's uh, multiplayer but social um and streaming guy that uh, did the presentation actually like at the exit to the demo when we went up there so like he pulled us aside and he's like yeah i don't know if you watched the presentation i'm like yep and uh, he was just answering questions and you could tell that they are jazzed about some of the stuff that they've implemented like i just i love that it's not it would have been fine if it was just you know better more beautiful borderlands but like just all the stuff that all the effort that they're putting into it and just with how jazz they are it's infectious you know like just seeing how excited the developers are so i think it bodes well man i think it'll be a huge uh huge game so that game is ready man uh, that game looks like it's ready to go yeah yep yeah absolutely uh, i have no idea what kind of polish they're gonna do between now and then or maybe it's just the social media shit that they have to like figure out but i agree like i i mean of course there could be levels right or things like that or voice acting voice acting or something they need to do but um but yeah man i, I would definitely agree like it, there wasn't anything that i could point to where like you know you could tell me that game had been out six months and i would have believed you you know i've been through several patches and i've been like yeah cool so uh let's talk briefly about i think the only point of controversy which you know um it probably won't you know make much sense to anybody that's not really a, a a destiny fan so we won't dwell on it too much but uh george go ahead and, and set us up here explain um what what <laughs> we were really ex- what we were excited about you know like so explain like what it was that they were doing right and then explain the execution of it and why our frustration happened <laughs> yeah i mean look Destiny or Bungie in general didn't really provide anything new here. There was no no big reveal, no big news. There's nothing that they brought here that you know that we didn't already have. So the only thing I was really looking forward to it was this crucible rig that they had put together, which was basically the gist of it was you make a line and you get to play a crucible match. Now all of these games, uh, all of their rigs were there was PCs, but with a PlayStation controller. So there was no Xbox or being able to play on the computer. Um, So you would have to make this line in order to get a coin. And the whole point of this coin was, it looks like a Gambit coin, it was metal. It's actually really cool looking. Um, And then you would, if you wanted to, you could play another match where you're, it's like a risk reward match where you could wager that coin against another team. And if you lose, you lose your coin. If you win, you take their coin and you get to get this really cool pin. Like it's it's a, it's kind of like gorgeous. a seal or a- emblem. Yeah, pin is putting it lightly. Like it looked, oh, I would almost say like a metal badge. It looked mm-hmm. really badass. It's the ones that they sell uh, every time that you unlock a seal or something like that. And they're like 50 bucks. But obviously this one was a special one for, for the event. So, you know, this whole time I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't wait. I love PvP. I'm going to take people shit, you know, all this stuff. And... It was a complete shit show. Um, you know, you had to make a line just to get the coin to be able to play the game. Like, they, and the, the problem with it was everybody wanted this coin. And there are some people that could care less about most people. I would say yeah, most people yeah. could care less. They just wanted the coin. 
everyone yeah. that I talked to for the most part was like, I don't care about like PVP. I don't care about wagering this thing. Like this is just a cool souvenir that you're guaranteed. All you have to do is participate in a match to get the coin and it's yours. I would yeah. rather just take the coin anyway. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, and if you saw the line for the risk reward, so like these are the hardcores, right? These are the guys that want to, you know, PVP it up and winner takes all that line tiny, but the line to get the goddamn coin was massive. Um, it was, you know, it was to the point where they should have just handed out the damn coins to everyone that signed up and called it a day. And those who want to risk it can go and play in the crucible. This line was repeatedly shut down over and over. Um, the problem moved. was that it moved <laughs> like, all over the place, right? You had Bungie was like in the, I would say Bungie was in the center of the entire mm -hmm. convention with all their rigs, right? And I'm not gonna lie, the Bungie guys were super cool. They were all super chill. But their only focus was on the actual area with the rigs. But the lines to get in there were all over the place, were super far away. And those were being manned not by bungee people, but by volunteers, who I'm sure were probably overworked and asked to do a ton of shit. But some of them were just downright assholes, man. Like, you would ask a dude, like, hey, uh, where's the line for the crucible? Oh, I don't know. It's closed right now. Okay, when is it going to be? Where is it going to be? Like, and they would be just complete dicks about it. I'm sure they've, you know, been hearing a lot of shit, but, like, I wasn't rude to them. I was just simply wanting to know what do I got to do to get in this? Um, and then, on like, I must have made a line about 15 times, or what I thought was a line. And, and like, I, I, I'm a big PvP guy. I really, really wanted to get this damn coin. Chris and his brother were, they were all like, fuck, it's not worth it. But like, I must well, have we wanted up, like, to. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, like, we just got to the point where like, we had stupid. tried to get into, just get into the line so many times. Like, we'd even at one point reserved ourselves, man, like, there's some dead time. Like, if it takes us an hour and a half, it takes us an hour and a half. Like, we'll wait. It takes two hours. What I mean, we're willing to wait. But the problem was, like, you no know, so many yeah. times they would close and disperse the line. So people were, were yep. you know, been waiting for a half hour more and they would tell them like, nope, you got to get, it's a fire hazard. The long and short of it is it's just clear that they didn't prepare um, yeah. for this. I don't think they anticipated the popularity, maybe not even the turnout to the uh, the event because it was a, it was a huge event. I mean, there was a, yeah. a ginormous turnout, um, you know, but I, I think they were just taken by surprise. You could tell people were stressed about it. Um, they, they never really settled on a permanent solution, which added to the frustration. Nope. The line would, would frequently move, you know, if, even if it wasn't <laughs> dispersed, like you, you would go to where it was earlier in the day and they, oh, now it's over there. Uh, but they're not letting any more people, you know, it just, it was, uh, it, yeah, man, it was, it was awful. Eventually the line ended up outside of the convention. Could you imagine paying for a fucking convention? To then have to make a line outside of it to get to play a video game inside just to get your damn coin. Like I eventually got in the line by literally I took advantage of when they started dispersing the lines because they just basically said, no, we can't have any lines. We'll just say when we're open and when we're not like randomly picking out. So I just kind of just hung out. And when I saw it, they let one person in, I just ran in there. I didn't even make a line the time that I got it. But like, yeah, it was just a complete mess a complete shit show and it's just really disappointing you know yeah. like like uh, you were i think were the only one that was really considering even wagering your coin and i think once you yeah. saw how long it was going to take to get another yeah just kind of like ah but um you know like my brother and g and i we just we just wanted the damn point like yeah let me just participate in a match and like because it's essentially just a participation trophy like why not on the second day like hand them out you know what i mean like if you have not gotten a coin like bring your badge up you know whatever just there should have been a solution so yeah that was kind of disappointing but i would say really the only uh bad 
thing I have to say about the convention. Everything else was super, super cool. Um, the convention center itself was attached to this, the hotel where we were staying. You had the option. You didn't have to stay in the hotel, obviously. Uh, but it made it very convenient for food, which I thought was eh, a bit overpriced, but still pretty good quality. Um, it was nice at the end of the day to just be able to walk back up to our rooms. And then on Friday night, they had a 24 hour arcade, like kind of on the show floor where the security are, they just didn't give a shit. So we just, we just brought in liquor drinks, like in a big ass Tervis and, uh, just refilled it <laughs> and fucking played killer queen yeah. all night and, uh, and drank. So that was cool. But. Yeah. I did want to touch up a little bit on, and Adam might be interested in this because I know he's a PUBG guy, was Virtual Battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, <laughs> we had some pretty low expectations <laughs> going in because we were, we like, we're like, just screw it. I just want to try it out. I've never really played like a VR game quite like that. Um, I thought it was PUBG, just like a virtual version of it, but it wasn't. It's something different. It's called Virtual Battlegrounds, but it may as well be Virtual PUBG. And while we're in the line saying like, fuck it, let's just give it a go. We are watching people just struggle, struggle like they like the basically the, the demo was set up. It is pre alpha, so it's still very raw. The, the demo is set up where you begin like in a firing range and it's kind of where you have to learn the basics of being able to just pick up a weapon um, and and kind of work it. Right. So you pick up the weapon. You say you pick up a sniper rifle. Well, you then have to actually physically load it like you have to cock, cock it back, um, you know, put the ammo in it. If you want to use a scope, you have to physically grab a scope, load it on top, and kind of install it. Um, you know, if you want to grip it with both hands, you've got to use both controllers. Uh, you know, but we were seeing people that were just dropping the ammo, <laughs> dropping the scope, <laughs> dropping the weapon. This poor kid must have spent like his entire time on the demo just dropping shit and trying to pick up two guns and having nothing and eventually getting killed. Um, then after that, like the loading time, when like you're kind of loading into a match, you're actually like in a basketball court where you can pick up a basketball and try to shoot it. And that was a whole nother, uh, debacle, but eventually you actually get into the game, right? But, you know, I think we set it up so that the four of us or the three of us, I think your brother set out, um, we're going to get to try it at the same time. But by the time that we were up next, we're like, oh, this game must be terrible because like people aren't even able, are barely even able to walk. Um, and when we actually got our hands on it, we didn't feel that way at all. Oh, it was like, this is actually pretty simple. It's actually makes sense. And it actually worked. Um, it, it exceeded my expectations. It just looks like these people were just didn't have a whole lot of experience with games or at least not that type of game. But I mean, that's the first VR game that I've ever really gotten my hands on like that. Um, so I don't know if there's just like a big of a learning curve or, you know, more experienced gamers can pick it up better. But once we actually got into it, I thought it was actually pretty cool. It's basically like PUBG. Um, the only parts that were a little bit dizzying for me was when you're actually running. You basically, you flail your arms on your left and right arms. Your guy will start running fast. Um, that made me a little bit dizzy because you're, you're actually not physically moving. But, you know, you could climb trees, climb ladders. You could, in theory, you could grab, you know, hang off a ledge with one arm and then shoot somebody with the other. Um, if you're going to aim down the sights or aim down a scope, you literally brought it up to your face, you know, close one eye and you could see you could see that, you know, the zoomed um, scope all the way through. Uh, it actually played really cool. Um, you know, I think that could eventually be the future. Um, you know, obviously you can't do a hundred player battle royale. I think they said that they're starting off with like 
it was 24? something like 20 or something like that, right? Yeah. Or, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was 24 now or like maybe it was a little bit less and they wanted to get to 24. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, it was a smaller amount, which is fine, yeah. honestly, for that because like, like George, I mean, it, it was it's relatively exhausting. intuitive. Like once you kind of figured out the controls, there's a few things that they, you know, clearly need to smooth over. Um, oh, the frame, sure. frame rate is big is a big one for when you're running or like when, when I jumped out of the plane. And it was hitching a little bit, and I was on my parachute. At one point, I closed my eyes. I was like, "All right, this is making me really fucking sick," and I don't get sick in <laughs> VR. Um, but like, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I, it was clear some people weren't used to VR or maybe uh, um, battlegrounds type games because, like, I got three kills like back to back. Man, I just akimbo two SMGs um, and just like I ran up the road. Uh, two other guys were fighting. I waited behind a rock. They were both low, and I just came by, and I felt like I was in a John Woo movie, man. Fucking akimbo, like SMGs, just waxed two people. Didn't realize my health was really low. Like the developer was like, "Oh man, you gotta find a healing guy." I feel like, and I was just like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, man." Like that's not how we roll. And I didn't realize I was like, <laughs> almost dead. And uh, I was playing a game of cat and a mouse with the dude that uh, was trying to snipe me from like up on a hill, and I kind of just like hid behind a rock and like moved up a little bit and kept doing yeah. it, and then. Uh, finally you know took them out with the smgs but I, I felt like for the most part like what they're trying to go for like i can see it you know it just needs a little bit more yeah. time in the oven but um yeah, yeah I mean, I think i'd pay like 10 though. bucks for something like that on like psvr you know what i mean like i'd, I'd pay 10 bucks for for that or maybe 20 bucks like if they really ironed it out um it's not something i could play like back to back to back to back like i do with apex or PUBG. but like it'd be kind of, kind of a cool thing to fuck around with here and there yeah yeah i think the, the potential is there now, obviously the game still needs some work but like, I could see that being a fun game. You know, I don't see myself binging on that kind of game or playing that for hours on end. But it just no. it seemed pretty cool. It seemed like it 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 can work. Um, and the idea is just, it's definitely pretty cool. And if they can get it up to speed quickly enough, it, I could see it being pretty popular. Yeah, I appreciate the realism that they put into like not only like mm-hmm. the you know the same kind of thing where PUBG where it's just grounded and where it's set and everything, but just like you said, like having to physically pull out the magazine reach down to your pocket, grab another one, slap it in, cock it, like had a nice visceral feel to it where like, I feel like, you know, in the heat of the moment, if you're under pressure, I could totally see somebody doing like that kid and fucking dropping their clip on the ground, you know, because they're yeah. under duress, like, which kind of adds an interesting element, you know, to some like a shoot, something that you don't normally see in a shooter. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. What I would have liked to see is what would it look like if you had to have like some kind of hand to hand combat? Like, can you whack the guy with a gun? Can you punch him? You know, yeah. or stab them like that would have been kind of interesting, which we didn't get to see. No, or grenades either. Um, I don't too. know if they're if they're in the game, but that would be kind of cool if you like pull the pin out and you know chuck them because obviously you can throw stuff. The basketball, you know what I mean? Like was a, like yeah, I thought that probably, I thought that's yeah. what they were preparing me for. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna find a grenade showing me how to toss stuff, right? Like, yeah. So cool. Well, that does it for that. Let's move into um, our impressions of the uh, Switch Lite and then maybe talk a little bit about what we've been playing. So uh, since Bobby and Adam, you poor guys have uh, had to sit silent here for a little bit, um, let's start with y'all. Um, so I know we talked a bit off mic about the uh, reveal of the, the Switch Lite, but um, yeah, man, hit us with your your thoughts, your impressions, your hot takes. I'll, I'll, I'll go first if that's okay, Adam. Yeah, yeah go right in. Okay, my my thing is I I'm probably gonna buy it because my daughter uses my Switch way too much and we never hook it up to the TV. But I don't think that they should have called it a Switch if it doesn't do what the Switch does technically. But then again, I also don't know what they'd call it because it's not a Wii or a 3DS. 
uh, but it's it's no longer a switch. And I've seen, like, I was telling everybody before when we first started, uh, before we recorded, I've never seen so many arguments online uh, over a console release, like a light version or a pro version, or whatever the hell they're calling it. Heck, sorry. Uh, but it's just, I it just blows my mind. It's just a new console with a smaller version with a greater battery. I see it more as a portable 3DS, like a 3DS Plus. Uh, but, I mean, it plays the same games. It has a longer battery life, but it, it, it is not a Switch. But that's just me. Yeah, and for me, it's just like, it's a cool thing, I guess. It It's just a Switch for kids. It's like, do you, do you have a Switch and you don't want your kid to touch it? Here's a cheaper version for them. Like, it doesn't bother me that it doesn't go to the TV. I mean, I'm not going to buy one. It makes me no difference. But to have a cheaper option for people who want one doesn't bother me. And I don't understand why people would be mad at it, but people get mad at everything. So it doesn't really surprise me at this point. I think it's cool. Um, $200 seems expensive, but of course every portable device made by Nintendo is $200 when it comes out. So that's not really surprising. So, I mean, like if it, if it, if people were waiting for this, if someone's like, I'm only going to use it portable anyways, and they can save, you know, a hundred, $200, however much a normal switch is good for them. Yeah, it's a hundred off a retail, and you know, I think if they're launching at that price point, you got to imagine that because it's coming out in September, right? Uh, You got to imagine they're going to knock fifty bucks off this thing for Black Friday sales and stuff, and then your point of entry is one hundred fifty bucks. Like that's not bad. I mean, more options is, in my opinion, never a bad thing when it comes to gaming. Like it is an option. It's not something like it's not your only option for the Switch. It's not like they're discontinuing. You know, the Switch that you know we've all come to know and love, and just saying this is what you have now. You know, it's just just a different option available for you know different people's needs so yeah i like what the about, d-pad yeah yeah the d-pad's better what about you guys what do you feel about it? i mean yeah i, I mean, think I'm, everything oh go ahead george sorry yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm like you like if it's hey it's it's literally something for the people who are gonna want it in it and just like you if, uh, if you don't want it to don't buy it i don't see what the big deal is it's it, it's you know it's literally a light version of the switch I know it's a little clunky still calling it a switch when it doesn't actually get to switch anything. But I mean, yeah, what else would you call it? It's not really a, it's not a 3DS. I mean, it's something that's playing, um, you know, high caliber games, you know? So I, I don't see, man, like they've, they've done this with so many other things, man, with the, the DS, the DSi, DSi XL, DS Lite, like they're constantly doing stuff like this and they sell. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I think Chris put it put it well as well. You you know, come the holiday season, this thing being 150 bucks, like that's not that's not too bad. I my I would say my one criticism probably, uh, and this is such a dumb thing is, uh, really, I'm not wild about the color schemes, but since I'm not going to buy one, <laughs> who cares, you know? But I think uh, they would you know uh, sell like hot hot cakes for people that maybe wouldn't consider buying if they just had an atomic purple people have been dying for atomic purple for for ages now with like switch peripherals or switch itself um the new pokemon uh, if you're into pokemon like the new pokemon edition looks really cool i do like the aesthetic of that i think it's kind of neat um but yeah and the d-pad of course like we said um yeah, I don't know. I think it's a cool, it's a smart thing to get a, ahead of uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield and offer a cheaper version for all those people that have been holding off. Um, I think they'll it'll do do nothing but drive the sales for the Switch. So um, you know, hey, kudos. I mean, anything to keep Nintendo in the game and doing what they're what they're doing. Um, you know, innovating. I'm I'm really all for it. Um, I think 
may still see that uh, bigger switch, although I think they've publicly said not this year. Um, might still see the uh, pro version or the elite or whatever they end up calling it. Maybe that has a little more power under the hood. Uh, with that, what what are your most requested features if we were to see a bigger version? What would you guys prefer to see? Like uh, better screen, longer battery life, more power under the hood? Like what, what what's most important to you if you get like a, a, what would make you buy, I should say, or get you to buy a upgraded version? Uh for me, an upgraded version of a Switch, probably nothing, because what I would want, they're not willing to do. For me, it would be lower the price, like make a slim version or whatever, maybe just a little bit more CPU or, and make it cheaper, because w- the only thing that would make me buy a Switch is something Nintendo doesn't want to do, and that's make it powerful. So, yeah. um, like, it's all... Again, the Switches, I use it for the one or two games a year that I like from them and some indies, but I, I just, I'm, I'm not a huge Switch dude. Like, I want to like it, but it's like... Oh, The Witcher on Switch. I'm like, why would I play the worst version of the game? Like, all, most of the third-party games, that's the worst version. So if Nintendo had parody, that would be cool. Maybe if it had parody with, like, an, a launch PS4 and Xbox One, where, like, 1080 and... I understand that's more difficult whenever it's portable. But, like, 1080 on when it's docked. If it just ran to something that I've seen in the last five years on the other consoles, I guess I'd be happy. But I don't ever see them doing that. Yeah, that's that's I'm in the same boat um, as you in terms of what I use it for. So, yep, indies and, and Nintendo first party games. And yeah, I know I'm with you in that, like, you know, I want to be like at least up to snuff with the current gen. Um, doesn't have to, I'm not saying like Xbox One X or PS4 Pro, but like the launch, uh, certainly on Games Daily today, like Andrea Renee, you know, said, uh, or what was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, she was like, yeah, I would pay like 500 bucks for um for a you know a switch if it was as powerful as an xbox one or a ps4 like if it got that like i would pay the premium difference um to put the components in to have a 1080p screen and like the the power of those uh, launch consoles and like i can't say i disagree i mean i'm not saying that would be my prime what i'd buy primary but like down the you know down the road like if you know next gen consoles like uh if I had already, you know, kind of bought one of those or whatever, and I had money burning a hole in my pocket, like I, I totally would, man. I'd love to be able to like pay, play premium versions, or you know, at least the versions I've come to know and love of like some of the games from this gen on the go, like for sure. What about you, Bobby? What's on your wish list? I, I, I my thing is, I, I only use uh, each console for basically exclusives, and like Mario Maker Two has been great. Like I love playing that, but man, their system is horrible for playing friends uh like levels created and the system like i thought it would be like mario kart where it's like you could find somebody adam and play with them or whatever but the codes and systems my god nintendo needs to get that right it's so bad like, interesting how they don't uh, seem to feel feel like it <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, that quote so killed me yeah. it's fine no it's trash it's actual trash <laughs> yeah it's so weird it's like i have like 1500 people sending me codes and it's like by the time i enter it and play the level like after getting frustrated for however long and then playing the level i'm like shoot why would i want to do another one when i have to keep doing the same codes and and like it, it's just a, oh my god they need to they need to figure out their online stuff so bad yeah personnel wise they need to hire like a team of people that are really in touch with how you create a good ecosystem for online and social and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, the, I think most of us could agree that we're willing to overlook kind of the power and graphical stuff because Nintendo 
their style of, of game. Like they tend to make it work, you know, the, the limitations of the console, they, they work within that pretty well, but yeah, the, the uh, online is definitely not, not fine. It drives me fucking crazy every time. Um, Friend codes. Like uh, dude, or, original Xbox had a better system than Nintendo does now. It was mm-hmm. fucking 15 years ago. Like, y- yep. Yeah. Any mobile game you play has a better system than, than the Nintendo does. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of mobile games, did anybody play the uh, Super or what's it, uh, Doctor Mario? Mobile I have game? not. I have not. We can kind of transition into what we've been playing. If you want to go ahead and we, that's probably oh, good. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I would yeah. say I, I have tried it. I, I don't remember if it was yesterday, or the day before it came out. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it is very much like uh, like Candy Crush and all the other multi uh, like uh, games on the mobile. Where it makes you like you want to play and play and play, but it wants you to pay to keep going, uh, or find friends to get coins or whatever. That's the part that drives me nuts. But I enjoyed it from what I played. It brought back Doctor Mario memories. But it seems like the levels are just wait. Uh, but I'm sure as as you go on, it'll get better and better. But I mean, I enjoyed it from the time that I played it. But I've been playing like other mobile games, like Final Fantasy Record Keep got since 2015, I think it was. And that that's kept me more intrigued than than the Doctor Mario. But I I will keep trying it, playing it. I do like it. Uh, but it just seems very very simple, and it seems like Nintendo wants money like right off the bat. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I enjoy about um, those types of games when I do play them. Is that like I, I don't know. I'm not the type to sit there and play those types of you know games for for hours. So it doesn't really bug me. But usually by the time I'm running out of lives or turns or whatever for shit like Candy Crush, like I'm to where i'm going or you know it's time to put it down and do something else anyway so that's never particularly bothered me like i'm i don't have that type of personality or even if i had the time like i would keep going i'm fine putting it down coming back in a few hours and having five more lives like that that's just me though that's my thing is i i don't mind doing that because i don't play anything long enough but it was like most of the reviews and like from my other friends or whatnot they wanted to just they thought they could just play it for like hours on end i'm like it's your phone like it's supposed to be used for so many other things. Yeah. Uh, but they, they got frustrated where they wanted to buy coins or whatever, or diamonds or whatever the heck it was to like move on. And I'm like, dude, just wait. Like it, it's going to be there tomorrow. Like just, it, I promise it. It's, it'll be good tomorrow when you get more uh, stamina or whatever it was to uh, move. It's not meant to be played like every. Well, unless you're a whale and you want to just become part of the problem, but. <laughs> you need all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what else, man? Any, any other. I I have been trying to kill my backlog, which has been killing me uh, because I've been playing the show and I've even gone back to MLB to show 17 to try to finish some trophies uh, before the server shut down. And it has not been easy. Nobody plays 17. Uh, but I, I've just been trying to kill my backlog of old old sports games. Uh, and it's it's been fun and horrible. Like like George, I agree. The new FIFA is just every time I put it in, I just get so mad. I play like one match and I'm like, no, nah, it's uh, man, sports games. I just signed. Well, um, maybe this is a topic for another day, but let me just ask you really quickly for those of you guys that play sports games, which maybe all of you besides me, like what I know they'll never do it because it, they make way too much money off of it. But would you as a fan like be upset if they said it went, you know, going annual with sports franchises, if they went semi-annual and like instead of every year, every other year, and then focus more on quality and, and kind of upgrades, like how would you feel as a fan about that? They easily I, could. They yeah, easily could do it. They, I mean, they easily could do it. Mo- most of the games, if not all of them, have have a, a system where people or even the users, uh, players can create their own custom rosters 
and upload them and people can download them. You can share them. So like you always, you even, even for, if you take like a game that's maybe a couple years old, um, there will always be a user base that will create the most updated, up-to-date roster that is even more recent than whatever the actual game uh, provides. And it'll have the latest roster, and then you can play, you know, you can kind of do it. But like you said, they make too much money off of just pumping these things out year in and year out um, that I've kind of lost the drive to buy any of them. I used to be the guy that buys Madden every year and 2K every year. And then I was just like, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of other shit to play. You know, it's just it's the same game. Or in some cases, like, they'll add things that actually make the game worse. And it's like, you know, I really wish that they, they took some time to focus on the quality of the game itself as opposed to just getting out something like updated rosters. That's basically what you're paying for. You're paying $60 for new rosters. Like, it's it's silly, man. Yeah. I guess that may be a good topic some other time. Uh, I wouldn't mind delving deeper into that. Really, the only experience I ever had with that was Tiger Woods uh, PGA Tour back when that was a thing in the PS2 <laughs> days. Um, you know, 05 was like one of my all-time favorites. And then like 06 came out and I just was like, oh, they're going to make like a better version of that. And they changed so many things. And so that, that was like the extent of my frustration and knowledge for that. But oh yeah, Royal Macaroon. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't played any. I, yeah. I downloaded, there's a free one for Xbox uh, last month that I picked up called something else. But uh, uh, yeah, the club or yeah, the club or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The club. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole bunch of European friends on my PlayStation and all of those guys play the weirdest golf games and, <laughs> and farming simulators and i'm just like cricket and i'm just like man. <laughs> how about you adam what have you been up to these days yeah blasting through a backlog um i completely beat what was it far cry 5 and batman arkham asylum and nice. i'm about 20 minutes away from beating all the dlc so far for uh Assassin's creed odyssey mm-hmm because the next episode comes out next week, so I just beating the second episode right now. Um, I beat like four games this like past two weeks, just That's so good, I can clear good them off. Feeling, my, isn't it? Oh, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta get these off my hard drive. So yeah, I just I don't even remember, but I've, I've beat like four or five games over the last you know two weeks. So hell yeah. That's all I've been doing. Nothing. I mean, I'm just waiting for Ultimate Alliance is the next thing I'm buying. So cool. just clearing shit out until then. Very cool. How about you, uh, George? I know, but these guys don't. Yeah, man. Uh, not a lot of changes. Just uh, getting through Borderlands 1. Um, getting into Destiny 2. Well, that's starting to slow down a little bit. Um, and I don't know, man. The amount of Killer Queen that we played over the weekend, I think, is enough to justify that I've been playing. Um, that I enjoyed that a lot, man. That was a lot of fun. I had never really played that game. And, and I can't wait to, to get my hands on it again. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that more people are kind of seeing, uh, you know, where my love of Killer King Queen comes from. Like the social aspect is great, like crowding around, you know, with 10 people in a, a cab. There's that excitement, kind of natural, uh, you know, excitement that comes with, um, you know, just getting that many people in close proximity. Like, it, it, you know, the first time I played it, I really brought back that magic of like doing land parties and shit back in the day. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. We played a shitload at Guardian Con, especially on Friday night and in between panels and stuff. So that was cool. Um, 
I too have also been playing a lot of Destiny still. Uh, I can say with this last um, season drop, like if they do every miniature content drop like they've done this one, they have a winning formula on their hands, in my opinion. Like they have something new coming out at just the right pace. Like as they start getting sick of something, there's something just, to, you know, else a little bit to kind of keep me chasing, keep me involved. Like as the menagerie things kind of slowed down, then they opened up the tribute hall and all that. So that's fun as always. Um, I got a little bit farther in the Outer Wilds, um, or uh, yeah, Outer Wilds, um, but kind of came to a screeching halt there um, trying to work on uh, video edit, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, I started Prey, um, which uh, has me intrigued, but I haven't gotten very far in it, admittedly. And on my Switch, I have been playing um, my friend Pedro, which is fucking awesome. Like, if you guys, like... Uh, score attack games if you're a fan of like hotline miami and um you know max Payne, it's got just a little bit it's dripping with personality uh even you know though the game is very forgiving like it's really good at making you feel like a badass so in the type of stunts that you can do the way that the levels are set up like and it has that kind of score attack um kind of you know feature where it's really easy to beat a level you get like a b instead of an s rating and you're like oh i feel like i could do just a little bit but i feel like i can get that s rating if i ran back through it and it's short enough that it doesn't feel annoying to do that um but i really like that game it's super violent and like just it's stylish so i highly recommend it if you want like a good 15 dollar game to pick up for the uh for the switch it's a good indie title um and that's that's it for me destiny my friend pager and a little bit of uh prey and outer wilds um so let's go ahead and bring it to a close and uh you know hopefully we'll have uh, mr zach back next week he's on vacation this week we missed him obviously but in the meantime uh adam my friend where where can we all find you hey just find me on twitter follow uh adam gumby for my fun tweets and such excellent george uh twitter it's uh war george uh seven and uh pretty much it yeah Awesome. And how about you, Mr. Miller? Uh, you can find me now. I'm trying to cross over to everything's going to be Robbie Bobby Miller. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Twitter. Everything at Robbie Bobby Miller. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at It's Waterman or Rental Rush on uh, Twitter. I've got uh, an account for, for both separate accounts. Obviously, on Twitch, I've got Rental Rush. We just streamed our, la- our first episode rather uh, a couple weekends ago. It'll be two weekends ago tomorrow, and I am putting out the uh, edited video version of the first part of that stream. So, um, you know, it'll be three separate episodes, the first of which will drop on Saturday. Uh, It'll be Rental Rush on YouTube as well. Super proud of it. It's my first experience editing a video. I managed to uh, to figure it out on the fly, um, but I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm sure that uh, I only get better as time goes on, but uh, it turned out really well. So please uh, be sure to check that out. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's it. You can follow the show at where, Adam? Uh, EC Games Pod is the Twitter, and it's also on Facebook. Just look for East Coast Games. Perfect. All right. Well, it's been fun like always, guys. Sorry, I've got a jet to go off to a wedding thing. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend and we will see all of you beautiful people next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.